Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning, good morning. Great to see everybody. And welcome to church this morning. Uh, so good to be here. So if I haven't met you before, my name is Samuel, and this... I'm Becca. ...is Becca. Oh, man, we're super excited that you are here. Now, before we get started, in about 32 minutes, something awesome is going to happen. In about 32 minutes, uh, Hilltop Church in St. George, Utah, is going to hold their first service. Come on. So we're super excited about that. That's Jared and Alicia. They were here this summer. You, you may have seen them. And we took as an offering for them to help them out. You are a part of what is launching this morning in Utah. So would you join me? And let's just pray for them as they're getting ready to do that. God, we just come before you right now. We thank you for all that you are doing in St. George, Utah this morning. God, we thank you that there are divine appointments that are going to be met this morning, that lives are going to be changed. God, we just ask that you would soften hearts and open up eyes to see the truth that's found in your word, that you would give boldness to your servants, to your people who are there, to speak the truth of your word into lives and situations. We thank you, God, that eternities will be altered destinations changed forever. And Satan, we rebuke you in every work of yours. In Jesus' name, take your hand off. And God, we thank you and we speak in faith for all that you're doing in Utah this morning. In Jesus' name. And all together we said, amen, amen. amen. Hey, we're so excited this morning. We're talking about fasting. <laughs> I'm surprised we even got that out of it. There's not anything particularly huge about not doing something. But. Right. Let's, let's not eat food. And really, what we're, we're calling this seek. And that comes from Matthew 6.33, where it says, and seek first the kingdom of God. You know, it's the beginning of the year. And so we started last year really talking about fasting and what it does and why we should do it. If you missed that one, if you weren't here and you didn't already catch it online, grab the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I always think this is the silliest thing to say. I don't know why I just said that. Well, of course, it's where you get podcasts. Or you can get it at lifewest.church. But we're talking about fasting because Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said in verse 17, when you fast. He didn't say if. He didn't say if you feel like it. And so last week what I said is pray and ask God what your fast should look like. I didn't say pray if you should fast because the Bible says we all should. It said when you fast, not if, when you fast. So this is something that we're all meant to do and it might look a little bit different for each of you, but go ahead and join us in fasting. My fast started about 45 minutes ago. I was like, okay, here we go. Because I wasn't going to be like starting yesterday and be dead without food on Sunday morning. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I'm a little bit strategic in my fast. And so I encourage you to pray. You ask God, what should this look like? And now I'm going to give you some reasons and convince you why you shouldn't do the thing that you need to do to live, which is eat food. <laughs> So here, some of the things that fasting does, and we got into these in quite a bit more detail last week, so I'm just going to kind of skip over, and then we'll try... He thinks so, but I'm going to add stuff in. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Number one, fasting, what does fasting do? And again, fasting is where we abstain for food, but not just like, okay, I'm not going to eat, that's a bad diet, but we're like, okay, I'm going to abstain from food, and instead, I'm going to feed my spirit. 
I'm not just going to not do something, but I'm going to replace it with something, and that is, God, I'm going to seek after you. I'm going to seek after you. So fasting, number one, is it's a tool that we're given to humble ourselves. Circumstances bring us to our knees. We can't handle something. I can't tell you how many times that people heard, I've heard people say things like, well, all that's left is to pray. It's like, no, that's where you should have started. That's not all that's left. That's where we begin. And fasting is that tool that humbles us. We don't wait for our circumstances to bring us to that point. We humble ourselves. The other thing that fasting does is it takes our body out of the driver's seat. You are a spirit. You have a soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a body. But can I tell you, your body wants to be the driving force. It sees something, it wants it. Fasting is like, you don't get what you need. Not just what you want, but it's what you need, and we don't give it to our body. I, I want to jump in here. Philippians 3.19, Paul says this. He says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And what he's saying is he's saying when we constantly appeal to the flesh, when we constantly go to what our flesh wants, we are setting ourselves up for destruction. And, you know, when it comes to the word of God, when we look at the Garden of Eden, when we talk about fasting being food, and really what we're talking about is abstaining from food or water for a 24-hour period of time to devote our attention and our time to, to God, to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But when we look at the Garden of Eden and we see everything that they were given, they were given all sorts of, I, I started thinking through all the different kinds of foods Adam and Eve could eat in the Garden of Eden. And I'm thinking, they had avocados, they had wheat, they had raspberries, they had asparagus, they had melons, everything you could eat. And they said, just no to this one thing. And yet Eve succumbed to the desires of the world. She wanted the power. She wanted what the world could offer. And so she allowed, in that moment, she allowed her God, to, or her belly, to be her God. And so she reversed the order that that dominion was meant to be in. It was meant to be that we are over creation. And instead, she, she elevated food. And so when we look at why food, it's because it was the very first thing that we fell to. But Jesus didn't leave us there, and that's the really cool thing, is when you look at when he first fasted and prayed and was sent into the desert to be tempted, what was the very first thing he was tempted with? It was food. It was food. And I think the reason that that was is because he could redeem that. He could put the order back into place. And so what we are doing when we give up food is we are seeking him. We are allowing our spirit to come back into its right place above our mind and body. Which is the next point, which is it puts the spirit where it belongs, above that body. Because we don't just abstain from food. But we instead, we replace it and we say, God, I'm going to seek you in this time. Whether we're taking time to pray or we're taking time in God's word or maybe we're just taking some time in worshiping, but we're seeking God in place of that. Other thing that fasting does is it helps us to hear God's voice. In Acts 13, it talks about the disciples and it says this. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I have called them to. They were fasting and worshiping so they could hear from God. Now, 
here, here, here's kind of what that is, is it's kind of like, like right now in this room, if we're all quiet, what do you hear? Like the fan, the refrigerator, the wind, that's about it. But guess what? If I was to take a radio and turn it on, I could tune it in to just like, like bunches of radio stations. Um, I can haul out my phone or my iPad, you could jump on, and what is there? There's cell phone signals through here. Like crazy. I could jump on the internet. There's lots of stuff going on in this room. But if we do not, if you have a device that can tune in to a specific frequency, you can hear, you can see, you can utilize what's going on. Without it, it's just empty noise. And fasting is that tool that we see is given us to tuning into what God's saying. So very specifically, it helps us to tune in and hear God's voice, where he's leading, and what, is he, what he is saying. The next thing is this. Fasting is the tool that we're given to break free from addictions and habits. Anybody got a bad habit? <laughs> I do. Okay? You want to be like, man, I wish I could get rid of that. Here's what it says in Isaiah. Here's what it says in Isaiah 58. Verse 6, is this not the fast I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Break every yoke. Now, I am a firm believer in any job that's worth doing is worth buying a tool to do right. <laughs> he is. He is. Okay? It's like, <laughs> I'm doing some drywall. I need to do this, and I need to do that, and I need a big this to do that. I need a better drill for this. And all. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because, man, I've seen the difference. Oh, I have done it when you don't have the right tool. When you're just, you're trying to drill through cement with a regular drill, and it's not a hammer drill, and then you get a hammer drill, and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I got to tell a story quickly. Okay, go. So for the first, I think it was the first nine months of services here, we were at the school, and Trina and I would empty the trash, and they're the huge trash containers. They're the school trash containers. And so we would take it back, and it's an industrial trash compactor. And so it's up like this high, the hole. And so every single week, Trina and I would dress real cute, and then we'd get back there and be like, okay, we got to hoist this, and we would hoist the trash bag, and we would pull it up out, and we'd throw the thing all the way down into the compactor. And that was awesome. And if we got nothing on us, like if there wasn't cocoa on us or food or something, we were like, yes, like, look, I can still wear this. Like, this is awesome. And we felt so great about ourselves. And then one week we went back to hoist the trash up and Samuel came over and he goes, why, why are you guys doing that? And I was like, doing what? We're putting the trash in. He goes, oh, no, 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 no. And he takes the trash can pushes it up against this giant lift that is right in front of the compactor, and he hits a button. And the whole thing picks up and picks dumps it. Up and in. Dumps it. <laughs> so yes, the right tool matters. When it comes to breaking free from addictions, when it comes to breaking free from habits, the tool that you and I are given to do that is fasting. That is the tool and maybe you've been like, oh, I've tried before, and I've stopped and started, and it's been here. This is the tool that we're given. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's something, it may be lying, insecurity, just, just un, unrealistic and unreal fear, um, alcohol, drugs, porn. It doesn't matter what it is. This is the tool. Yeah. It says to break 
every yoke. Yeah, when you look in the Old Testament too, well, you look throughout the Bible and he just gave the example of the disciples praying and fasting and they were needing to have a specific answer from the Lord and he actually gave it while they were praying and fasting. But in the Old Testament, we look at the story of Esther and she is needing deliverance for her people. And so she says to Mordecai, she says, listen, I'm gonna go in to the king and I might die for this. This is not something that's allowed, but... I want you guys to pray and fast. And deliverance came. And then if you look in 2 Chronicles 20, there's the story of Jehoshaphat. And what happened is they were being ambushed by their enemies. And so Jehoshaphat called a, a one-day fast. One day. We're doing 21. He called a one-day fast. And then it says this in 2 Chronicles 20, 21. It says, The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. Verse 22, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moah, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The enemy killed themselves. When we fast, when we submit ourselves to God, the enemy starts taking out the enemy. Darkness is crippled. If you look at the story of Jonah in Nineveh, Jonah goes, and Nineveh is a pagan nation. They don't believe in God, and God's like, hey, I'm going to wipe them out. you got to go tell them. they got to repent. And so Jonah doesn't even want to go. We know the whole story of the whale and all that. But Jonah ends up in Nineveh, and he's like, okay, guys, listen, your town is going to be destroyed in 40 days. you got to fast. you got to turn around. you got to follow the Lord. And he doesn't even want to be giving the message, but he does. And they listen to him. This pagan nation listens to him, and they, they fast. And God delivers them. And so we in this room, maybe you don't believe in Jesus yet, but if you are a son or daughter of Jesus, God delivers the pagan nations when they listen to him and when they humble themselves through fasting. And so I believe that he will, even more than that, deliver his sons and daughters. Oh, absolutely. So as you're doing this fast, there are so many benefits. It's when, not if. So what we said last week is you pray and ask what that fast should look like. So if you're unsure where to start, join us today, and I would encourage you to start with a 24-hour fast. Start with 24 hours, and then switch to some sort of like a Daniel fast. And here's, here's where we get Daniel, and this whole Daniel fast comes from, is this right here, Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice foods, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So just say, okay, if you don't know where to start, you're not exactly sure, 24 hours, I'm just going to seek God instead of food in that time and then switch to something like a Daniel fast. Um, no choice foods, so how I, how I like to describe it is no meat, no sweets. No wheats. And no wheats. Thank you for telling me what I like to say. Perfect. Last week he Perfect. said no, we, no meat, no sweet, no treat. And I'm like, I think You're like, that's the same thing twice. The same thing. <laughs> so, and here's the deal. You can look this up online and you'll find a lot of different ideas on what a Daniel fast is. And some people argue like, you can't eat eggs and you can't, and then back and forth. Nah. Okay? You decide what it's going to be. You be like, okay, what is this? And it's not about the particular food that you choose to make it or not make it. It's about you being like, God, I'm going to honor you and doing something that's significant for you. Yeah. Do something that means something for you. And if, if your kids are seeing and you've got some young kids like, hey, I want to do it too. They see that you're doing this or they hear about it. 
please encourage them to come along, but here's what I would recommend. Like, if your kids are like mine, they decide they want to do something, they're like, I'm not going to eat for 21 days. And you're like, "Mm, yeah, you are. (laughs) Like, that's not going to work. They might jump in and overcommit themselves. So I would just encourage you as a parent, as you make that decision, is if your kids are like, hey, I want to join in the fast too, help guide them in their commitment. Because it's important at any and every age that we realize that when we commit or we make a vow or a promise to God, that we keep it. That we keep that. So help guide your kids if they're wanting to join in this, in something that you're like, okay, maybe you start with this, that they're not overcommitting to something, and let's not begin a habit of, or even making them think it's okay to break a promise that they make to God. The Bible says to be very careful about the vows that we make, and really that's referring to promises. So as parents, help them, guide them in this. And it's okay if it's hard. It should be something that's difficult because I think we can really trick ourselves when we are well-fed and when we get everything we want, which is what we're used to. We live in the United States of America. We eat what we want when we want, right? Sundays are kind of hard for believers. Why? Because there's no Chick-fil-A open, you know? And that agitates us. That gets us irritated. It's okay for it to be hard, Because what we want to do is we want to say, I'm fasting this, but I'm really feasting on the things of God. And we want our flesh to be agitated. We want that to be difficult. The first time I did a 24-hour fast, oh my goodness, at the end of it, I did it in seminary. And at the end of it, I was with, um, there were much older people in my group. And I remember laying on the floor in the living room of one of their homes because I felt so sick at the end of 24 hours fasting. And The reason that was so hard for me is because in my life, I have grown very accustomed to overindulging in things. I I had subjected my body to too much in every area. I, I, I could handle too much food. I could handle too much activity. I could handle too much in my schedule. But I had never subjected my body to too little and had to rely on God. And so it's okay if it's hard for them, but really be seeking the Holy Spirit in that too um, as you're being led with yourself and with your kids. And as you're praying about what this fast would look like for you, fasting is food. Again, fasting is food. But what did we see in Daniel there? What did it say that he fasted? He fasted. He said, no, no choice meats. And what else did it say? He said, you know, I didn't have um, wine. And then it says, and I used no lotions at all for three weeks. So what if we decide not to bathe for three weeks? No, I'm teasing. That would be so painful for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm teasing, I'm teasing. Like, I knew these people were crazy. They don't want us to take baths. No, no, no. But what he did do is he fasted something and he included something that wasn't food. So if you're asking, well, should I, what about fasting things besides food? I get that question all the time. Like, hey, what if I fast social media? What if I fast... And and the answer is, if God lays on your heart to fast something else, I would say, go for it. Hebrews 12, 1, we read it, but I want to read this again. It says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles us. 
So there's certain sins, we talked about this, that they, they just think that we kind of go back to it. They get entangled us. But what did it say? It says, let us throw off everything that hinders. What that, means, what that means is this. There's some things that it's not necessarily sinful, but it's not helping. Our, in fact, if it's hindering, that means it's not just neutral, but it might be some things that's pulling us away from the things of God. So if you're like, you know, I'm, I'm fasting, but I also feel like I should fast and just kind of step away from something, do it. It could be, it could be sports, and not because sports, the amount that you watch or the amount that you play are bad in itself, but you're like, maybe it's the amount. So you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step back from that. It could be what you're watching, what you're listening to, maybe a place that you go that you're like, you know what, it's the people that are there. I don't know what it might be. Mm-hmm. But if there's something, take, take it that God lays on your heart to like, hey, put this up for 21 days. For 21 days, leave that alone. That I would encourage you to do that. Daniel, for him, it was lotion. And see what life's like without it. And you may, you may, it may be that you're like, but it doesn't affect me. I really don't think it affects me. Well, maybe that's the problem is that it doesn't affect you. And that it should Years ago, went on a, a hunting trip, and we ended up in the, we went all the way up into the Arctic Circle. I mean, we went up. Uh, we hit a gas station, and we had extra gas cans with us because it was almost 700 miles to the next gas station. And they said, that is the last gas station, and it's there so that you can get back. That was where the road ended. And where the road ended, we got on a plane, and we took a pontoon plane up, and we went further north, and then we landed, and we were out there. The guy goes, hey, don't get hurt on sunny days because you're not getting out. The only way that we can contact anybody is the radio, but the radio doesn't work on sunny days because the radio waves actually have to bounce off the clouds to get back to base camp. We were out there. So we didn't have a whole lot of stuff with us. As you can imagine, you take only what you need. So the food that we were eating was um, probably as you'd expect, it was mostly what we caught and what we killed while we were there. Uh, It was great, great fishing. But we didn't have a lot of spices. We, did, we didn't have much at all, a little bit of salt and, and, and not a whole lot. And how many of you, how many of you are, are like, you, you, you like salt? Who likes salt? Okay, who salts something immediately? You don't need to taste it. You just know it needs salt. Thank you. Right, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. You're like, I know it. It needs it. It needs salt. That was like the closest my parents ever came to fighting growing up is my mom would salt things. And my dad would just be like, I need salt. And she's like, no, you don't. And he's like, I do. And she's like, you haven't tried it yet. He goes, I just know. And he would just put it on. She's like, but I oversalted it so that she wouldn't. It was the funniest thing. Still is to this day. But I'm with him. I'm like, I got that from my dad. I'm like, it needs, it needs, it needs some salt. But we get up there. And after a week, two weeks of being there, and you're not having very much salt, I was talking with, with the guide there kind of about the food that we were eating. And I think I was extra hungry and wanting something different. And I was talking about a Burger King Whopper. And I was like, I think that'd be so good. And the guide looks over at me and he goes, you want to know what? I go, what? He goes, if I was to try to eat a Whopper right now, he goes, I couldn't. He goes, I'm so used to eating what this, 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 this much more plain, natural food. He goes, I go to eat that. He goes, I would throw it up instantly. And he goes, and I know because I've done it. There's certain things that we just get accustomed to. And we don't realize the impact until we remove them from our lives. 
for 21 days, if there's something besides food that God has laid on your heart to get, to get rid of, or maybe it's your spouse that God's speaking to oh. or through. I thought, yeah, I thought he was saying, get rid of your spouse. I'm like, um, dude, we didn't talk about that part. No. <laughs> Not in the Bible. No, no, no. Maybe it's your spouse. <laughs> Who has a word for you to get rid of something. has a word for you that God is speaking through. Like, this is the thing that you could give up. And you know, last week Samuel was talking about prayer and how it's prayer and fasting, right? Because fasting is disconnecting from something in the world. And then prayer is connecting with God. And I love, you know, I, I kind of try to use the Philippians 4 test for a lot of things in my life. I do this with homeschooling. But even when it comes to fasting, um, if you look at Philippians 4, this is what the word tells us that we're to feast on. It says whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. And so letting go of some of those things, but then not just intentionally, walk, not just walking around like, la di da I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but focus on the good things from the Lord. And that, that can be found in the word and in the body, you know? Again, it's not just no food. It's not just no food. Honestly, that can be the easy part. Now, you decide to do this 24-hour thing um, and kind of start with there. If you decide to do that, it's not going to be easy, and there will be a time that your body's like, I'm going to die if you don't feed me. And let me just say, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Now, if you have a, a, a condition and you're like, you know, I really should maybe talk to a doctor about something, yes, absolutely. Um, but I'm looking at you, and I think every single one of us, we're going to be okay. Okay? And um, there could be some conditions that I don't know about. But you're going to make it, but it's going to be hard because it's mm -hmm. your body not wanting to get out of that driver's seat. And you know, the thing is, food is not bad. This is not, uh, this is not us getting up here or starting waging a war against food. Food is actually really good because if you look at the Word of God, it, when everything is said and done, we are invited to a wedding fast. No. We're invited to a wedding feast when everything is said and done. Fasting, food is not bad, but it's really, um, yeah. we The place that it can have in our lives. Mm -hmm. Again, this is that tool that we are given. And what, I, what my hope and my prayer is, is that at the end of these 21 days, you're like, you know what? Some of that stuff I, I, I put down, I, I don't want to pick it back up. That your life is different, that you're spiritual. You're like, this is different. This isn't what I expected. Um, back in college, I was really into swimming. As I'd head to ORU and I'd jump in their pool and I'm doing laps back and forth. And one day, I'm in there and I'm about halfway done with my mile. And this guy jumps into the lane next to me. And, and we're not really racing. Like, I don't know who he is. But of course we're racing, right? Because you're like, well, he's in here next to me. So we're going, and the first couple laps, he beats me. I'm like, well, that's because I'm halfway done, right? That's what I'm thinking. But then I'm like, okay. So then we kind of, we're going back and forth. And it was like, like, like just in sync. And I'm like, well, I, I, I got to beat this guy, right? So I'm going, and then I'm like, I can't, I, I can't quit until I beat this guy. So I hit my mile, and I'm still going. I'm like, I can't quit till I beat him. And finally, I hit the wall just before him. So I'm like, I'm done. So I get out of the pool, and he gets out too, and I'm just like, ah, uh, and he looks over at me, and he goes, you beat me in that? And, and he looks at me, and I go, what do you mean? Because I had just my swim trunks on. And he looks at me, and he goes, man, you'd probably be really fast if you had a Speedo. 
And, and, and I'd never worn a Speedo because, <laughs> because you know why. I, mean, I don't need to say anything else. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't doing that. So I just left, and I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, I'd be faster. And I, I don't know if I've told you this, I'm just slightly competitive. Samuel and I are both really competitive, and we <laughs> laugh about how competitive we are, but I laugh more. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, back to the speedo. So here we go. So I'm on my way home, and I'm like, you know what? Well, if I'd be faster. So anyways, I order, like, the tallest, longest speedo I can find. And I'm like, I am going to give this a go. Because, again, he said faster. So I, it finally comes. I get that thing, and, and I jump in the pool, and I start swimming. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. It's like somebody took the brakes off. I'm like, I just feel like, like, so just smooth, like, oh, it felt awesome. What my hope is, is at the end of this 21 days, that the, the spiritual growth that you have, maybe some things that you've set aside, and again, not sins that you're like, you know, I shouldn't have been doing this, but just stuff that you're like, it was in the way that at the end, you're like, oh my goodness, that was, a bra- that, that, that was like having the brakes on. What was I thinking and that you, you're like, I, I want to do this. You want to know what they tell us we need to create a new habit? You want to know how long they tell us it takes us to create a habit? 21 days. What if you do, what if you create a new, brand new habit where you're like, you know what, I don't want that. Where you turn back on that show or that thing or whatever it is, or you go to that place and you're like, you know what, I don't even need, I don't even want to be there anymore. I don't even want to be there. Um, I like ketchup, okay? <laughs> I like ketchup. Like, I like it a lot. Um, we run out of ketchup, and that's no good, and I like Heinz ketchup. I don't like the other stuff. It's not real ketchup. I don't know what's wrong with it. It's, it's just bad. But I remember after my, after my first extended fast, it was about a uh, six-day fast, um, we, we went to a, a restaurant and had a buffet, and I was like, hash browns sound really good. Like, honestly, I think I'd been wanting hash browns for days. I don't know why, but I was like, hash browns. And they had some. And again, I, did I tell you I like ketchup? So I get those hash browns, and I get that ketchup. And I take the, the few hash browns, and, and I just cover them in ketchup, right? Just, just cover it in ketchup. I'm like, this is going to be so good. And I put it in my mouth, and I was like, I spit it back out. I'm like, this, what is wrong with this ketchup? So I leave the plate, and I went back up to the buffet, and I got a whole bunch more hash browns, and I got a whole bunch more ketchup, and I made sure it was Heinz, and it was. So then I went back, and I sat down, took a whole big fork of that again, and I dipped it in that ketchup again, and I put it in my mouth, and I was like, whoa, and I spit it back out again. And my dad, who was with me, looks over at me, and he just starts laughing. He's like, you can't break a fast with ketchup. <laughs> he just starts laughing at me. I love ketchup. But after just five days, my body's like, you're not eating. He's like, it's too acidic. And I'm like, ketchup isn't acidic? And he's like, oh, he's just laughing at me. Because all it took was five days, and my body's like, we're not doing that anymore. Um, my prayer for you is simply this, that during this time, you seek God like you haven't before. If you fasted before, that you do it again, and you look and you say, God, I want to seek you first, that you pray and you say, God, I want to do something that's significant 
to me. That there's some things that you look at and you say, God, I'll fast this food because I want my spirit to be in the driver's seat. But that you pray and you ask God and you say, God, are there some things that are hindering me? They might not be sins, but they're things that are holding me back. Maybe it's just maybe it's voices that you're listening to, places that you're going, things you're watching or doing. I don't know. But that you pray, and that as God speaks, you cut it out. And my prayer would be at the end of these 21 days that not only are you where you were not before, that your spirit is stronger, you're more spirit-led than you've been before, that you're hearing God's voice clearer, you're tuning in, you've learned how to tune some things out, you tell your body, no, you're not the boss. You're more spiritually tuned that you step out after and you're like, you know, some of that stuff that I did before, you might pick it back up and be like, yeah, you just spit it back out. You're like, I loved it before, but I don't want it anymore that you grow, that you take steps to be and do. My prayer, what we want for every single one of you is for you to be equipped and empowered, for you to be and do all that God has for you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to use you to make a difference right where you are right now. He's not waiting for you to finish that book, to finish that book of the Bible or to pray that certain amount. He wants to use you right where you are. I pray at the end of these 21 days that you're further along than where you are now. Next week, we're going to talk quite a bit about prayer and how to do that. Maybe some things that can help you to make that more effective in what you are doing and how you're praying. As we look at what God's Word says, because I want you to get the most out of this you possibly can. 2023 will be the best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. As you take some time to seek God with all of your heart. I love every one of you to join us. Pray about what it should look like because Jesus said, when you fast. When you fast. And let me just say, you decide you're going to do it and you find yourself whatever restaurant thing that is. I don't care even if it's Chick-fil-A and you shouldn't be there. You're like, man, call your small group leader. Call call me, hey, I'm at Chick-fil-A. I know I shouldn't be. That's one of the amazing things, honestly, about doing this as a church body corporately, is it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be hard. I'm going to read this quote quickly. This is Elmer L. Towns, Fasting for Spiritual Breakthrough. He said, if you are serious enough to take up the discipline of fasting, you can expect resistance, interference, and opposition. Plan for it insofar as you are able. Do not be caught unawares. Remember that you are attempting to advance in your spiritual journey and to gain ground for the kingdom. That necessitates taking ground away from the enemy. And no great movement of the Holy Spirit goes unchallenged by the enemy. So what we are doing is we are saying we're going to step into a a different realm. We're going to step more into into tune with God, more into tune with Jesus. And so we want to do that not just as standalone. It's going to be hard for Samuel not to have ketchup. It's going to be hard for me not to have lattes. It's going to be hard for you not to have something you're giving up. But we have a whole body that's doing it together. And so we can reach out because Jesus said that we don't survive on bread alone but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God well Samuel might be getting a great word and so if I'm really struggling I can say hey Samuel like what's something that God's showing you in this fast I can reach out to somebody else and say hey you know I'm struggling today what's something you're receiving through the fast um, that can help sustain me as well Jesus said that his food he has food that the disciples didn't even know about And it's to do the will of his father. 
It's to be engaged with God. And we want to be doing that. And we want to do that together as a body as well. Absolutely. I pray that you would be spiritually stronger than you've ever been before. That you'd be more in tune with what God is saying, where he's leading, where, his, where he is guiding. That you hear his voice and a stranger that you do not follow because you've spent time with God. You recognize his voice. You know the difference. And that you step into the calling that God has for you more and more each day. Join me. Yes, we spend a lot of time convincing you to not eat some food. But it's so much more than that. It's instead feeding your spirit, feeding, building up your spirit man to be the dominant force in your life as you take steps and as you move forward into all that God has for you. Would you please bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Before we wrap up, I want to just make sure that everybody, that you know where you stand with God. That you're not going to leave here wondering, but that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're forgiven, set free. Heaven forbid you walk out and something happens and it's over right then and there, but it could. And so today I ask you, do you know and do you want to know? You know, the Bible says that we can know. It's not a guessing game. It's not about going to church enough times. It is a relationship with Jesus and receiving the gift of salvation. The gift that Jesus paid for when he came, lived a perfect sinless life, and then died on that cross. The Bible says it this way in Romans, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we will be saved. It's accepting that gift. If that's you, the honor of praying with you right here this morning in your seat. In just a minute, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand if that's you. And I'd love to pray with you. And we say amen. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God. If that's you, get ready to lift it high. All the way. One, two, three. Right now, say, that's me. And today is my day. I want to give my life and my heart completely to him. Okay, God, as we are here this morning, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God, as you speak about fasting, your word says if we seek, we find if we knock, the door will be open. So God, we're gonna, here we come as we seek after you, as we knock on your door, God, reveal yourself to us. God, speak to us and through us. We thank you for this new year, for all that you've given us. God, help us to say no, to be spirit-controlled, spirit-led, and tell our bodies no. God, we thank you for your word. As we leave here, lead us and guide us in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.